LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Madeline Galea. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical gospel centered ministry tip every week. <laughs> this week, though, we have two episodes right. because Hans, he is a great storyteller. He doesn't tell things slowly. He likes to <laughs> spend time getting to the nub and the heart. And really, he's been really gracious in, in unpacking um, a really important ministry time for him. So I'm really looking forward to part two of our conversation with Hans Christensen. Confessions of a failed church planter. Yeah, one of the one of the unhelpful practices that I think I did is I had my um, um, my emotional kind of center or my friendship group was really the church yep. and not outsider, and that meant that if I was going to have a hard conversation, I was really scared because I'm a people person, right? I was uh, scared that if if I excuse me if this relationship goes bad like what do I do right if, if if they don't like me I've lost a friend and so what I've got to do is have good friends outside the mm, church mm. so that was significant for me the other thing um, having being able to have a good truthful conversation I realized when I was in college and when I was a student minister I could have I thought not good truthful conversations just really blunt basically um, and when I as soon as I started resolved it was weird I remember the first week there was someone who didn't do what they said they would do and I was like I've got to have this conversation but there was something in me that was like oh like but what if they leave yep. right mm. and there was a men, an emotional blockage and so I need to deal with that emotional blockage and work out how do you have a how do you have a good truthful conversation with somebody um, where you get truth on the table and the way forward is clear, and yet it doesn't feel really heated and angry, yeah. right? So, so I so I read a bunch mm. of stuff, and I, I developed that. You you have this conversation. You you say, uh, help me understand. So help me understand your side of the story. Okay, you didn't you didn't come and welcome that week. Okay, so what what happened? Uh, what's what are the um, uh, help me understand what are the facts, the feelings, the way forward, and just having that that. Um, kind of framework mm. super helpful and I um, part, of, part of that is just it, you actually the process gets you to stop and pause so you're not, think you're about, not thinking yeah. about it in the heat yeah absolutely you're not up, you're, it's absolutely. actually a, a cold conversation yeah. it all, also then helps you process it and do the, the hard part of actually putting yourself in their shoes yeah. to go actually wonder what's going on for them yeah, actually, yeah, absolutely. how they're feeling and actually the way forward could be um you know, we step them out of ministry for a bit. Yep, yep, yep. But fine. you can see why yeah. if you're the church planter as opposed to a student minister, the risk for you personally yeah. is so much higher. If you're yeah. a student minister and yeah. someone leaves, that's yeah. a bad Sunday, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's funny about those four, four things, like I, I, I use them so much that one time my, my daughter Emma was talking to one of one of her dolls and she goes, well, help me understand. <laughs> you know, so use it a bit too much. So. But yeah, having a framework is good. I think there were some things that happened at, at church where, look, I didn't have the conversations that I needed to have at a yeah. certain points. And um, there was, I think I needed 
I think there was sometimes I was nice and not loving. Mm. So I wanted people to be impressed with me. I wanted people to stay. And so instead of doing the loving thing for them and the church and go, hey, we really need to chat about this, um, or you can't treat people like that or, or whatever, mm. I, I was a coward basically and I needed to develop courage. There, there was other things, right? So I, I um, one of the things that you've got to do is be very careful who, who you listen to. Right? Mm. So I, I listened to the faculty of the theological college I went to and uh, no, not all, not all of them, but I ch- chatted with them about um, church planting and um, I just got some really unhelpful advice, right? Uh, you know, and looking back, they are great scholars, but none of them have planted a church, I don't think, right? So, you know, one, one of the things that they said is just start with a Bible study size, start your church there and kind of um, evangelize it into existence. I don't know, maybe you should take that chance. Yeah, <laughs> that line, but just, yeah. just don't just don't start doing church on Sunday until you've got yeah a good healthy. Lunch I know, I know, I'm about fifty five people. Yeah, but <laughs> but I mean that was one of the things, yeah. and, and so we started with with six people, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you know, um, I think the other thing was, um, I wasn't, I was so gung ho, and I still am about having elders in the church. Mm. And reading a lot of Mark Dever stuff, which I still love, um, uh, we just installed some guys too young, and I—that's a hundred percent on me. And yeah, and partly that's you said that was your that was your circle of, of mates and yeah. friends. And, yeah. You know, you, yeah. you look back and go, these, these guys were sold out. They were. Yeah, absolutely. They were with you. There was no yeah. question on yeah. motivation, desire. Yeah. You know, yeah. godly want to see a church yeah. off the ground. I can remember meeting with them a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just uh, they just weren't elders, were they? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, when you are in that kind of leadership, there is a there is a pressure on you, mm. and but there's also got to be a um, a way of me leading them that, that that helps them develop in that in that role. I think the the, the problem was I didn't have any mo- models of of that. Mm. And so I was trying to do something where I'd read all this stuff. I was convinced of the theology behind it, yeah. but but not necessarily. Yeah, there was a desire. There was a desire. Plural elders have a number of them. Yeah, and I often say plant plant as an Anglican, work yeah. towards being, you know, a Presbyterian or a Baptist with your eldership. You know, there's a sense well, of sit, you know yeah. starting out by yourself, yeah. setting up those foundations, yeah. and being really slow to bring on elders. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that was interesting, I went over in 2011 to. Um, Catholic Baptist mm. and uh, Mark Dever took us through everything he does. It was fantastic. Yeah. And he said, "Oh, you know, we didn't have elders for the first eight years." Yeah, yeah. I you said, went, "Mate, oh, you what? needed to write that. <laughs> you need to put a footnote in your book or something." And he goes, "Well, that's common knowledge." I said, "Well, not too common." Yeah, right? twenty-six nice. elders by that stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Oh, that's good. So yeah. Good feedback for him. Yeah. Uh, would you plant a church again? Absolutely. Really. Uh, yeah, absolutely, really? absolutely. Or, or let, let me ask it, ask myself a different question. Um, <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> if I could get into a time machine and I could sit down with that, that kid, 28 years old, would I tell him to go and plant a church? And I could not give him any advice whatsoever. I couldn't say, watch out for this, get this mm. buddy on. Would I, would I tell him to do it? I said, absolutely, yeah. I would. Absolutely, I would. Um, not only I think I've grown so much from it, um, I think I'm a very different person. Mm. But I think I want to say, 
taking a risk for the gospel is always right. Yeah. Mm. And and in my in my last sermon, uh, I preached from Colossians 1, 15 uh, to 20, and I actually started with that, that and finished. Uh, I can remember saying, when we get to heaven, we're going to be blown away by what God has done through his small little church mm. plant. And also, not only just in our generation, in the generations to come, because who knows if one of the couples that met at Resolve you know, their great great grandchild was the is going to be the Charles Spurgeon of his day. Mm. And the reason why the reason why Resolve started one of the one of the reasons why was so that they could meet under the sovereignty of God and raise Christian children. Being a set of me Charles Spurgeon baby making yeah. yeah. no, 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 that's good too. Well no I was say that. but hey you run yeah. with whatever one of Can you share with us what were some of the great things that came out of Resolve Church? Yeah, so I think one of the main things is we saw a lot of people who were giving church their last go mm. and um, had and decided for whatever reason to, to come to us. I can, and um, I was talking to a guy just, just before Christmas, I ran into him and he said, you know, my daughter came to, and she, and she said the other day, if it wasn't, wasn't for resolve, I may not be a Christian. Yeah. So things like that. We did see some people become Christians and uh, some beautiful stories. And the funny thing is I have met some people who didn't become a Christian at Resolve, but they became a Christian later. Mm-hmm. Um, we also saw some, uh, we saw a lot of people who I think matured in their faith and caught, I think caught fire. And, mm-hmm. and so the, for the size of the church, the amount of people who have gone into uh, full-time Christian ministry as a result is quite high percentage-wise. Um, so, you know, God God did a bunch of great things. And as I said, look, I can only see a few things of what God has done. Mm. But God is doing a million more things than I can see. Yeah. And so I'm sure I'm going to get to heaven and go, oh, that and that and that and that. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm. Yeah. Now we always talk about the value of, of getting assessed. Yeah, you got assessed. Yep. before you planted. Yep. Um, what would you say to the young church planter, church planting couple, and they're thinking, "Oh, this is my dream. I don't want someone to say no. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to plow ahead. You know, plow on through with it, and not get assessed." I think the risk of not getting assessed is that you don't hear about your weaknesses. And so I think everyone's got weaknesses, no matter what your personality type or is, mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is, right? So if you don't get assessed, you don't get vital information about yourself, which says, you know, you need to work on these these areas. Or it may be that you don't hear that you shouldn't do this, mm-hmm. and something else is um, something else is better for you, or you need to go and um, you know you need to go and you know have five years out, not planting and then go plant. So, so I think assessment is vital. I would put one caveat on that. I think there's formal assessment, which, which you guys do, right? But I think there's informal assessment. And, and that is where you're getting people to, to tell you honestly what they think, right? And the, re- the reason I say that is because, um, once again, um, I had a bunch of people who were cheering me on, going, yeah, go and do it. But they weren't, I didn't ask the right questions to get out what they really honestly said. Mm. Right? Mm. And, 
And so I'll give you an example. I remember walking down King Street and I saw one of the uh, King Street in Newtown and I saw one of the faculty and this uh, and of the college I went to. And he said, how, how, you know, how's your church going? I said, yeah, we're celebrating a year. And he goes, a year already, mate, that's great. He said, you know what, if you um, took a sweep, if you bet the whole faculty um, whether you were going to plan a church that would last a year, you would have cleaned up, right? And I was like, wait, a lot of these guys I talked to and I said, I want to do this. And they were like, yeah, go for it. But they didn't have enough love for me to say, actually, hands, we've got some concerns, right? Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not I would have listened is a different thing, right? Um, I think I would have listened, though. But I think, you know, you've just got to be careful that... um, the people that you are listening to are telling you the truth. How do you know if they're telling you the truth? Even if they're saying, go ahead and plant, they will be saying, but here are some concerns. Mm. If no one gives you concerns, I think most people are lying to you. Mm. And I say that really strongly because in the end, I think I, I think in Christian land, we're far too nice, we're not, not loving enough. So we want to say things that a person's going to appreciate but we don't want to say, actually, hands, this aspect of your life you've got to work on. So get assessed, but also seek out uh, the wisdom from those you trust, mm. but those you trust that can actually say the hard things. Do and have had a, um, a history of saying the hard things too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's really important. Yeah, which is really, really, I mean, in many ways, that should be your local church. Local yeah. church should have people around yeah. you who have seen you in ministry, they've seen yep. the good, the bad. Yep. Um, and you want to be sent. You want to be sent by yep. those guys. Yep. It's really important. Yep. Mm. Well, thanks so much for joining us and for being, fine. I think, a really good example of what it's like to keep your ministry out here and value it yep. and not attached to your identity. Yeah. Yep. Uh, tell us what is in the toolbox. Well, in the toolbox, uh, we've got a previous chat with hands on the Geneva Push mm. uh, website, so check the show notes and you'll be able to go uh, to that. Uh, there's a great article by uh, Tony Payne on what if ministry doesn't work, just sort of pushing into uh, into that topic area. Uh, I encourage you to get assessed, so genevapush.com forward slash get assessed. And then last one, that uh, recommendation that Hans gave of that book, uh, Ego is the Enemy. So have a read of that. Mm. And lastly, we need to ask you, what is the one thing that you would like to share with our listeners? I think what you've got to do is work out the gospel in your life so you will be mentally and emotionally tough. You will have the mental and emotional fortitude so that you have gospel optimism. Um, And also you're looking at the hardships that you go through through a gospel lens. Mm -hmm. So all the hardships that we go through, whether it be starting a church, which doesn't ultimately uh, reach the peaks that you would want, or... A miscarriage or, or, or whatever it is are all um, are all from our sovereign heavenly father who loves us mm. and so when when you see all your um, all the hardships through that that's when you become mentally strong when you realize that um, ministry is grown over you know years and decades not weeks and months and you keep telling yourself that's when you keep plowing on even though it's hard so I would say figure out gospel uh, things to say to yourself throughout all of all of your ministry 
so that you can weather the storms of ministry. Now we want to encourage you to come to the Reach Australia National Conference. It's on the 18th and the 19th of May. If you're in the east, that'll be on between 1pm to 8pm. If you're in the west, uh, it'll be on from 11 to 6pm. Uh, we're really looking forward to that. There are nine hubs all across Australia, live music at each location and excellent stuff happening at each of our live sites. Register today. Go to reachaustralia.com.au. Uh, register for this year's conference. It's going to be another cracker. Well, that's all. I'm Madeline Galea. And I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.